Welcome to the My Big Church Podcast. On this podcast, you will hear a message of hope and inspiration from one of our pastors. We hope you enjoy the message. This is the Big Church Podcast. Over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to talk about uh, a topic that can be a, a little bit controversial. And we're going to talk about a topic that's a lot of times uh, misunderstood. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit for about the next several weeks. I'm not going to say how many because I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead us. But, um, but it's been kind of misunderstood and controversial. A lot of times the church world that we live in today, they don't, we don't even, a lot of times they don't even want to talk about it. It's kind of one of those taboo things that you don't even speak about. And a lot of times the things that we think, and the church believes that the Holy Spirit is outdated too. They think it's for a time of 2,000 years ago when he poured it out. I'm about to tell you the story of where the Holy Spirit came from. But they think it's outdated. But he is the third part of the Trinity. We talk about God all the time. We talk about Jesus all of the time. But a lot of times when you get to the Holy Spirit, people kind of go, they put their wall up or they put this thing and just say, I don't understand about that. Well, over the next few weeks, I want to bring you to the understanding of who he is because he's not a thing. He's not an event. He's not a feeling. He's a person. Pentecost Sunday is 50 days from Easter. So we are getting close to that time, whether it's this Sunday or next Sunday. I'm not 100% sure. I think it might be next Sunday, but here we go. Pentecost Sunday was this, when Jesus was about to leave. And what does it represent? Jesus is standing there talking to his disciples, and he's saying this to them. He's saying, I'm about to leave. I'm about to leave you with this. And here they were, they're in a place right now where they're sad because, you know, they're saying, oh, my God, you just come back from the dead. You, you just came back to us. Why are you going to leave? They're scared and they're insecure and they don't know and they're unsure of what's getting ready to happen. But listen to what John 16, 7 says this. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to, our, it is to your advantage that I go away. But if I, do not, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Why in the world would Jesus have to leave the way that he is to go to the Father and send someone back? Because Jesus couldn't reach everyone because of his humanity. I wanted to say Jesus was limited, and I thought some religious people in the house would go, well, Jesus ain't limited. But let me tell you what, there were limitations to what he could do on earth because you know why? Because he was human. The world and Jesus has said he became flesh and he dwelt among us. And you know what that means? All that means is he became like us. And we want to think of Jesus. We want to think of, uh, of, of him being God and he is God. But also I do believe that he was, the Bible said he was tempted upon all things. The Bible says this. It says he had his own free will because when he was in the garden, he said, not my will because my will wants to walk away. My will wants to go a different direction. My will doesn't want to go to the cross. He says, but not my will, but yours will be done. He had to be like us. Why? Because he had to be relatable to us. How can you look up to someone if they, don't, if they, if they have never been what, you, what you've been through? How could you ever listen to someone who's ever been? He had to be tempted and cold and he had to be hungry. and He had to be all of these things so that we could relate to him. But here's what he saw. When he was talking to his disciples, he saw that he could only reach the thousands. 
Many times, he, in miracles after miracles, he fed fifteen to 20,000 people a couple of times, and he could only reach those certain people. He saw the limitations on earth, but here's what he saw. He saw the future. He knew that he must go away because he's a human, and he had to send someone. He had to send someone who could be released out into this world because you know what? He looked some 2,000 years ago and he saw you sitting right here in this church. He looked off 2,000 years ago and said, man, there is a group of people that need to hear who I am. And I know in my physical and in my, I know that in my humanity, I cannot reach them. But I love what he said right here in Luke 24, 49. He says, behold, I send you the promise of the Father. If you've been standing on something, keep standing on it. The promise of the Father upon you, but tarry. The word tarry means stay in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from up on high. And I can imagine they're at the Mount of Olives this time, and I can imagine the disciples going, Jerusalem? You want us to go back there? Wait a minute, Jesus. Um, let, me, let me check you just for a minute. They just killed you there. They're looking for us right now, trying to, trying to find us right now. And you want us to go back to Jerusalem? Have you lost your mind? Come on, Jesus. What's up? Can't we go? Can't we do something else? Sometimes God is going to ask you to do things that don't make any sense. He's going to take you out of your comfort zone. And he's going to make you start thinking of things you've never thought before. He had to create in them. But here's what they had to do. I remember there was a prophet named Jonah, and God told him to go into a land that he didn't like the people. The people were not going to like him, and he told him, he said, I want you to go anyway. He fought it, he ran, but he finally gave in to God, and God did miraculous things. Because Isaiah 55, 8 says this, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways. So sometimes when you're trying to figure it out, God said, I got it figured out. Sometimes when you're trying to get to the place where you don't understand, God said, I got all the understanding you need. If you'll walk with me, you cannot let fear keep you from doing what you are supposed to be doing. When he went to Moses and said, I want you to lead the people out of the promised land, Moses looked at him and said, I, 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 I stutter, God. I don't know if, it can, if I can even do that. I'm not equipped to lead these people. And these people right here are just, they're probably not going to listen to me anyway. The prophets, he went to them and they said, hey, we're too young and we're too inexperienced and, and we don't have enough, uh, you know, and it's going to be a hard job to convince those people to come to, to what, what the, the message that we have. That's just like us when God called us to do this. And I looked out at 150 young people and I was like, this, are you positive? Are you sure this is what you wanted us to do, God? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little older than they are right now. And I said, I, I don't even know if this is what you want. But God wants you to start where you're at. He wants you to start where you're at. We make so many excuses about why we can't do this and, and the path that we can't go on. And sometimes, as Bill told the story yesterday, sometimes God wants you to go where you're just supposed to go and be available to him and use for what you're going to do. That's it. We make, oh, I, I'm going to go on. We make ministry so hard, but ministry is seeing a need and filling a need. And that ain't up here with a microphone, and it's not up here with a, with a thing on your head. It's not anything like that. It's being available to be used by God. He said, tarry in Jerusalem until. 
Big word. He said, I want you to tarry until. I don't want you to give up. So many times we give up on the dream. So many times we give up on the process. So many times we give up on what we're doing. We give up on everything right now. When God says, man, you are right there. All you needed to do is take one more step, one more word, one more thing, and I had it all under control. But we stopped. Let me tell you what happens here. Patience produces power. You want the power of God? Wait on it. You want things to happen in your life? You got to wait on it. We live in a microwave. Woo, come on. A microwave society wants they want it right now. They want to pop it in hot pockets. We want to pop it in there. We want to have a a dinner in 35 seconds or whatever. But God says sometimes that thing I'm trying to bake up is going to cost more than 45 seconds. It's going to take more than what you're doing right now. It's going to take more of an attitude of going forward. I love it right here. Acts 2.1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, listen to me, it had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. The day had fully come, not a day too early. Sometimes you want to take the cake out of the oven too early. Sometimes God is trying to, he's trying to bake that thing. He's trying to make that thing. And we're trying to pull it out of the oven. We're ready, God. No, you're not. You don't have all the ingredients yet. He said, I'm trying to pull, I'm trying to keep you in the oven, in the refining, in the fire, to keep you into the place where you need to go. Don't try to get ahead of God. You got a ministry in your life, don't get ahead of him. Because if you get ahead of him, you'll be behind him before too long. Come on, I'm telling you. I've, been, I've tried to get ahead of God. I've tried to figure it out. I've tried to make it up, shake it up, bake it up, and do all of those things. And I never could do those things. But when I finally said, okay, God, this thing is yours, and you have to figure it out, that's when God said, go forward, son. God would not listen to this part. God would not fully pour out his power until they were ready to receive it. They had to sit in that room. Oh, they had to sit in that room. Let me read to you Luke 5:37, And they may not have this because I think I messed up on it. This is the message Bible version. You don't put new wine in old cracked bottles. That's not the one they had because I didn't tell them. Old cracked bottles. You get strong, clean ones to put the fresh wine in. Do you know why God doesn't want to put it in an old cracked bottle and and something that that might leak out? Is because what he has to give you is so valuable that he's not going to put it in something. He wants us to spill out, not to just, oh my gosh. He doesn't want us to to go for just a little while and all of a sudden the pressure comes and we just burst out. He wants us to last that whole time. And he says, I'm about to put it in some containers that will all fully last. No leaking out. He said, I'm about to pour out. God is making new containers for his power. Listen to Acts 1.14. You're getting some Bible this morning in the name of Jesus. These all continued. Say all. all. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. That means they were crying out to God. With women and to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. They were saying to this, they were saying, we're here, Jesus. We're not going anywhere. Sometimes you just got to plant your feet and you got to stand still and you got to say, man, I'm not going anywhere. 
They had a word. They had a promise because he said, if you'll go and you'll stay and you'll tarry, I will send something to you like you've never seen before. Wow. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit being on you, in you, around you, through you. We're going to talk about all that stuff. But sometimes you just got to stand on a word. Sometimes you just got to stand on a promise. God might have said, he's going to, he said to you at one time, your family would be saved. You've got to stand on that promise. He said to you that you would live and you would not die. Maybe you've had something in your physical body that God has said, you're not going to die from that. You're going to live. He said to you, he would never leave you or forsake you. When you stand, this is what happens. It's about to get good up in here. When you stand, a suddenly moment can happen. Acts 2, 2 says this, and suddenly, come on, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. The prophet Elijah, I'm going somewhere with this, the prophet Elijah hadn't reigned seven years all over the place. It was a drought. And he went to the thing and he looked up in faith and he says, for I see, for there is a sound of the abundance of rain. You may not see it raining in your life yet, but there's a sound that God's about to give to you. You may not see it come to fruition, but God is releasing a sound. It doesn't sound like anything we've ever heard. It's a new sound. It's a battle cry right now that God says, if you're going to say, I want you to sing that sound. Come on. Acts 2-3. Then there appeared, Jesus is calling then there appeared to him divided tongues as a fire. We're going to talk about some tongues here in a few weeks. And one that sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit, as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit, remember that, gave them utterance. Oh man, I could stop right there and go for 30 minutes, but we're going to go on. God took ordinary people just like us. He took ordinary people that were just sitting here and he breathed on him the life of the Holy Spirit. He breathed in that room and he changed the atmosphere of where they would be forever. They would never, ever, ever be the same. And let me tell you why. Because you look at Peter. Peter's a lot like me. He didn't have a filter. Sometimes I say things and I'm like, oh, probably shouldn't have said that. Y'all ever done that? That was Peter. There was a lot of times when, uh, when Jesus had to say, uh, get behind me, Satan, and he was talking to Peter. Peter was always voicing his opinion. But what happened when Jesus died? Peter ran. Man, I did need my towel. Peter ran, and he hid, and he denied Jesus. But look here. Oh, listen to this. Acts 2.14. But Peter... Standing up with the 11, he raised his voice and he said to them, I'm stopping right there. Peter stood up in the middle of all the chaos that was going on around them. They were saying this bad and that bad. And Peter stood up. The Holy Spirit will equip you and equip us with whatever we need. Here's what you got to understand. Do not worry about what you're going to say. There are situations in your life that you don't have the answer for. 
But if you'll let the Holy Spirit do the talking for you, all you got to do is show up. I'm going to prove it to you. Luke 12, 12 says, For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Have you ever been talking to someone and you really didn't know how to go forward with the conversation and they're spilling their life out to you? There's the time when you just say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what I, what I need to say. There's times when I have to back up and think about what I'm going to say and let him lead and guide me. But there was a power that transformed this city by the Spirit. And a lot of times we don't have to have it all together to be a minister of God. We think we've got to be uh, Bible school educated. I'm not. You, we think we have to have years and years and years and years of ministry, which I don't. But the Holy Spirit says, if you allow me to be who I am in you, when those situations come up, when you're at Chick-fil-A and you need to make the right words to the right people, when you're in the, at your workplace and somebody is telling you what's going on, God is about to give you the word that you need. We had a word for faith this morning, and God is about to release a word on faith this morning because it wasn't my word, it was His word. Woo! Transformed is this, is the change in character and condition. He took... 12 ordinary people. There was about three of them there that had some formal education that were pretty smart. The rest of them were kind of like me. But he did them. He took them from being cowards to courageous. He took them from being depressed to being possessed with something. Listen, we got to get, we have to get to a place where we are possessed by the Holy Spirit. Oh my God. If people listen to this on, 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 um, podcast. Thank you, Jesus. If they're listening, they think, what is he talking about? We got to be so possessed with the Holy Spirit that we are talking about him and walking about him and, and doing everything that we need to do. But he took them once from being shy to shining and those other ones from being backwards to bold. The church of that time tried to silence them. Listen to this. Acts 5, 28. Did we not strictly command you? He's talking to Peter here. That you not teach in this guy's name. And look, you filled, listen, you filled Jerusalem with this doctrine. And you intend to bring this man's blood on us? I love it here. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God. We ought to obey God. We ought to obey God rather than man. Look what happens when we obey God. He took 12 common people. Then he took 120 up to a room and said, stay right here until I do what I told you I'm going to do. I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to figure it out. I want you to stay put. And a few verses down in Acts, it says, and 3,000 were added to the church. What a church growing campaign. Come on, y'all listen to me. You want to grow the church? Stay where you're planted. You want to grow the church? Invite the Holy Spirit to come in and say, God, you got to do what only you can do. The Bible says that only by only the Spirit can you draw people to you. And you know where the Spirit is? It's right here. It's sitting on the front row. You know where the Spirit is? It's right over there. It's going out and drawing people. But he went. It says a few more verses down. It says this. It says, and it says 5,000 were added to that. How would you like to have a church growth in a, in a few weeks of like eight or 10,000 people? Where would we put them in here? But I would like to try. But it's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he can do. Revival. Bill, you'll get this when you know it. We used to put a banner outside. We were having a revival. I preached a few of them. 
Seven days we were having revival. What if revival took place 365 days out of the year? You don't need a banner up. You don't need a special guest preacher. You don't need all of the things that they tell you what a revival is supposed to look like. You just need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. What happens when the Holy Spirit shows up? Listen to this. Would, wouldn't we transform a city if this happened? Acts 4.14. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitude, both men and women. Oh, I love it. So that they brought the sick into the streets and they laid them in beds and couches that at least the shadow, sometimes you don't need a touch, you just need somebody to walk by you. We feel like we have to have somebody to, there's times when, there's times when people are praying, I was like, don't touch them. Don't touch them, leave them alone. Sometimes you don't need a touch. You just need somebody. You need the spirit to walk by you and transform you and change you. And it says at least the shadow of Peter passing might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities. It won't affect just Louisville, Kentucky. Come on. It's going to affect the surrounding cities of Jerusalem. Bringing sick people and those who are tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. God is no respecter of people. It says they were all healed. That's good. God don't want to just do it for one. He wants to do it for everyone. The real church was formed. So as we stand on our feet this morning, I want us to, I want to, I'm going to ask you a few questions here. Do we want to grow? And a lot of times we ask the question, do you want to grow? And we say, well, certainly. I, I don't want to be the way that I am right now. Do you want to grow as an individual? Do you want to be who God's called you to be? Do you want to see growth happen in your family? Do you want to see more and more people show up to church and, and get life? And do you want to see growth as a church? Absolutely. You're saying yes to all of those things. Over the next few weeks, I want you to do this. We have to allow the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to transform all of the areas in our life. Transformation happens out there when transformation happens in here. You can't give something to someone that you don't have. You can't impart to something, something to something that you do not have. God's gonna talk to us over the next few weeks to get us to transform. And I'm gonna ask you in the next few weeks to open your mind. A lot of times the problem that we have, we start talking and our minds closed because of, of what we've heard and what we've known. I'm going to ask you to open your heart and allow him to penetrate and to do the thing that he can do. Let the Holy Spirit do the work that he can do in you. And this morning, as every head, head is bowed this morning, I'm going to ask you this, these questions. Are you, be, have you been, are you being led by the Spirit? And what that means, church, maybe there's someone in here today, and I feel this, that the Holy Spirit is, is, is talking to you right now. Your heart's beating a little bit faster, and, and, and there's some thoughts coming to your mind. I'm going to ask you in just a few moments to, to respond to that. There'll be people up on the left and the right over here to pray with you. There's also an altar that'll be open to you. That if you just want to pray in your own words and, your, and the things that you want to do, that's open to you. But I'm going to ask you, if that's you, to take a walk up front here. Sometimes that walk could be very liberating to, to what you're doing.
Sometimes you can walk right out of that thing that's been tormenting you. You can walk right out of that, that situation, that circumstance that's been there. So I'm going to ask you that. And then also I'm going to say, maybe you've been being led by your own mind. Maybe you've been led by the way that you've been feeling for a long time. You just want to release and say, God, this morning, Holy Spirit, can I just tell you this? The Holy Spirit is in you. And the Spirit of God is everywhere in this place. Whether you're on the back row or you decide to walk up here, He's going to change your life if you'll open your heart and open your mind to Him. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.